Eclipse of the Heart. See what I did with the Eclipse and Total Eclipse of the Heart? Yeah, I've been singing that song all day, humming it all day. Did you anyway. know that she was singing the thing on a cruise ship? Wait, today? Yep. Good for her. She's still alive? Good for her. <laughs> it's like how everyone wondered where Prince was going to be for Y2K. Yeah, so on a cruise ship, that was the... As the and they actually shortened the song to match the time that the sun was going to be blocked by the by the moon, <laughs> so that we completely matched. So she started when the thing well, started and then finished when the thing finished. Pretty. If you think about it, you know physics and astrophysics, you can think about this. The moon and the sun are always moving, as is the Earth. So the moon is always moving, which means it was in front of the sun for... No time at all, because they continue to move. You know what I mean? It's not like oh, man, you're getting deep. You're getting deep already. It's only three minutes in. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, let me tell everybody that uh, this is episode 173 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. And uh, we are at speedmetalcycling.com. So you should follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. And I don't know. Maybe I'll come back to Twitter uh, one of these days. I don't know. But anyway. Thank you very much to everybody who makes the uh, podcast possible, and that includes, of course, our patron, uh, Patreons, so our patrons on Patreon. So, I don't know. Check them out. Uh, I am your host, Dan Skullcrusher. Uh, with me, you already heard Klaus. You already heard Natalia. They both have eclipse fever. And Mike is here, too. Mike, do you have eclipse fever? Not anymore. Not any- you're, you're, It's done, huh? It was so anticlimactic, this whole freaking thing. I was like, oh, that's it? <laughs> what? I thought it was going to be like, like we were going to be like at, like late at night. Like it was going to be like completely dark or something. And it really wasn't. Just looked like I, like I had my sunglasses on. It's terrible. It's terrible. But I didn't have it. <laughs> You're glad. You're actually. You know how I watched it, which was, ended up being the best way to do it? Um, just a reflection on my phone wearing my sunglasses, the darkest sunglasses that I have. And I just 
looked at the reflection on the sun and, uh, on the phone, and it looked perfect. Perfect. So, for the next one in I don't know seventy ten years, then um, then I'll be ready. I'll know exactly what to do, and now you guys know what to do. I'm sharing this with the with the whole uh, with the whole audience. So uh, I'm sharing. You know what I'm saying? That I care about you guys. Yeah. The NASA actually had the whole thing broadcasted on the YouTube on their YouTube channel, so they were showing it. Oh, I should YouTube. have done that. So, and they had a bunch of nerds talking about it, and it was really cool to see the reports coming from the places when the eclipse was actually total, because it was very dark, and then they noticed the drop, the drop in temperature. They were so excited talking about it. Oh, this is so weird. They were like, "Oh, I love this." <laughs> <And it's> like <laughs> point three degrees lower. It's like the the difference in temperature is like so minimal, but. Uh, the West Coast had uh, way more than than we did on this side of the country, right, Klaus? Well, it's a diagonal band, so you could have been on the East Coast, but you would have been further south. Oh, I got you, I got you, I got you. Because here in Pittsburgh, we had like, I can't remember, like, let's say 74% coverage, and there was t-shirts that had like an eclipse on them, and it said... 84% Pittsburgh PA. <laughs> I was like, that's an awesome shirt, but when am I ever going to wear it other than today? You know, for like, I don't know, whatever it was, $19. I something. still wear my Hands Across America t-shirt. <laughs> when was it? 1984 or something? No, like 86 or so. Mike, you're American. Do you remember? Were you Hands there? Oh, he was actually, because he was still living in Boston, actually, he was one of the very first ones. For what? Mike, tell us about it. Hands Across America. Don't know what that is. Come is on, it? dude. People have hands, hands across the entire country. Was really? a benefit event and yes. publicity campaign staged on Sunday, May 25th, 1986, in which approximately 6.5 million people held hands in a human chain for 15 minutes along a path across the, conti the con contagious... contagious United States. Listen, imagine the person that is next to you has sweaty palms. 15 minutes? Oh, no, man. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit what we're benefiting. I am not holding hands f with, with sweaty palms over here with fatty McFats with his... No you can man. wear latex gloves, no? Yeah, that so Mike, rude. why weren't you part of it? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember this. What? Really? Man, we heard about it in Colombia. It was like a big deal. Huh. You know, there were protests about it, though. <laughs> Senator, Ed, Senator Edward Kennedy, God bless him, and Republican Edward Markey led an official protest on over every New England state being excluded. Oh, oh that's why. That's why. Yeah, what's up with that? Why. New England was excluded uh, because they didn't want to have... A, okay, they didn't want to have any states... Uh, whose uh, IQ was lower than 150. So there you go. So that excludes definitely Massachusetts. Racists. <laughs> Can I say something real quick? Can we pause? I'm hearing myself. Oh, you are? With like a one second delay. So I might be coming through someone's headphones into someone's mic. Oh, you know what? It's probably me. Let me, uh, let me just try putting on my, my headphones all the way in. Uh, how is that? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Is that better? Yeah, I don't hear myself at all. Perfect. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, it was me. I am sorry. Uh, but listen, though, um, 
Various uh, protests broke out in upper in the upper Midwest, notably Minneapolis and Milwaukee, as well as northwestern cities such as Portland and Seattle and Hawaii. As Portland and Seattle. In Hawaii, actor Tom Selleck, of course, of course, Tom Selleck, God bless him. Of course, him, you know, the Matt biggest representative Piatti. of Hawaii. Exactly. I mean, he's basically, he's the governor of Hawaii. He's been the, the governor of Hawaii since 1984. Um, they led a counter hands across Hawaii program that was held uh, to remind mainlanders that Hawaiians are Americans too. So it's, if it's an anti-hands across Hawaii a counter, I'm sorry, a counter hands. Then what is, do they just stand next to each other and don't hold hands? And you know what happened in Guam? No one remembers because until like two weeks ago, most Americans didn't know that Guam existed, much less that it was part of the United States. <laughs> Did they, was there a hand, hands across Guam? There was, but in 1986, there was no electricity there, so nobody... Uh... I don't know if Guam was already a part of the U.S., but there you go. All right, Mike, your excuse for not remembering Hands Across America. Because New England it was excluded and people were really angry. I love it that he was uh, across the aisle. You know what I'm saying? There's a Republican and a Democrat. It's, you know, I wish we could actually come this together. This is what we need. Exactly. I wish we could come together these days the way that they did in 1986 to protest Hands Across America. And it wasn't really hands across, it was people holding hands across America. They just, they, they, they didn't get the name right. They did not get the name right. Awful. Anyway, in other news, and, but actually it's not really other news, but uh, talking about the eclipse, I was out and about, and I wish I would have taken a photo of this. I was in a Home Depot, and <laughs> there was like 10 people circling a puddle of water looking at the eclipse. <laughs> So taking out a contest, that photo in, I don't know, 10 days, it's going to be frigging hilarious. Just people outside of Home Depot looking at a puddle. It was awesome. Um, I've been to Home Depot today, Lowe's, uh, Harbor Freight, uh, tooling around, all these. I'm, I'm, I'm on a wild goose chase. Is there, is there a, um, an idiom in Spanish that is kind of like a wild goose chase? I can't think of. I don't think so. And more importantly, and I want to ask Mike this, since Mike is the American. When you say wild goose chase, do you mean that the chase is wild? It's like a wild oh, goose chase. The goose or, is wild. Or is it the the wild goose chase? So the, the goose is the wild one. I mean, it's difficult to catch a wild goose, granted, but a chase, but chasing a goose can also be wild. Do you know what I mean? I Mike, believe... And, I believe that the goose is wild. Okay. Of course. Because there are so many domesticated geese. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. But also... <laughs> domesticated geese. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I'm going to go with the goose. The goose is wild. The goose like is it. loose. Well, I think that's the very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The juice is going to be loose here pretty soon. Oh, is he? So, wait, did he get... Uh, O.J. Simpson got paroled. He got paroled. Okay. Yeah. Do, do people in Europe and all that stuff, they know about O.J. Simpson, right? They have to. The whole I world talk. knows about it. The, the whole world knows about the eclipse and O.J. Simpson. Yeah. There's no other two topics that everybody in the world knows about. All right. So, anyway. Um, the Vuelta a España, after talking about wild goose chases... 
Oh, I never told you what the Wild Goose Chase was about. So I went to an estate sale. I like really go into going to these estate sales and just looking at what people have to sell and just these houses of old people. And I told my brother earlier today, the best thing about estate sales is that there's a bunch of like 85 year olds there looking at this junk and then buying it and then taking it to their house just for me to look at the junk again at their house when they die in six months. So like, it's the exact same five items just keep popping up in different houses. It's terrible, I know. Anyway, um, I saw a circular saw at this one uh, thing and it was 10 bucks or whatever, but it was Sunday, which means everything was 50% off. I'm like five bucks for a circular saw. You know, you can't beat that. An old like Porter cable, pretty good brand. And plugged it in, engine works, sounds perfect, beautiful. I bring it home and there's a nut missing inside the, the, um, the mechanism or whatever that makes the engine spin, but the... Motor. No, 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 not the motor, but uh, the, um, the housing. So there's, there's like a little nut that actually contact, makes contact with the blade itself that actually makes the blade spin. So the motor spins, but the blade doesn't. So I'm missing that little nut, right? I have been looking for this stupid nut everywhere, everywhere. Of course, I mean, everywhere online, you know, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna, anyway, I just it's wanted like to- like master car, they sell every nut in the world. No, I actually went to a, a website. I'm going to give you guys another tip other than how to look at a, a, uh, an eclipse. Partswarehouse.com. You can put, I mean, and, I mean, this saw is from 1986. So, you know, it's like Porter Cable Model 315-1. And then it has every single piece on it listed. And some of them are for sale. Like the one that I need no longer available. But if it's so only the measurements, McMaster Car, our new sponsor. <laughs> no, but this is not a. It's like it's like it's not a nut. It's like kind of like a weird like a washer, but it has like two little uh, divots in it that like I, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. But I thought maybe I could machine one, but I don't think this anyway. So I think I'm gonna be throwing away this Porter cable circular saw that weighs about maybe 35 pounds. I'm not even kidding. It's really heavy. So anyway. What else? What else? The Vuelta España is going. Ladies, ladies, tour of Norway. Did you happen to check? Uh, no, I did not know that there was. So a there is one. There was one notable event on the stage. The no, yeah. So the did, did one of the ladies grab the butt of one of the? Boys? No, 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 boys? no. Oh, okay. So five kilometers to the finish line. To the finish line on the previous to last stage, they had to go over one of those uh, bridges that open up whenever a sailboat is passing. Oh, and, the bridge! Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. it was open and people jumped over it like, like you can even. No, so there was a breakaway that had less than thirty seconds, and when they were about to cross the bridge, the bridge opened to give way to a sailboat. <laughs> so they they it. were neutralized. By the rich, they had to wait for the freaking sailboat to pass. And then the commissars decided, like, no, regulation says that if the gap is not bigger than 30 seconds, everyone starts together. Five kilometers from the finish line. And the breakaway had pretty strong uh, cyclists oh, there. So well, the funny part is that the guy in the sailboat was dancing to the camera in the helicopter. 
So he actually was like putting up a show and Hell he yeah. realized that omen they are so many curses being thrown at you right now. That but, you know, like he was just like, Yeah, dancing, having like, a good time here. Man, that's so what that I was when I retire, <laughs> I'm gonna go to Norway and drive one of those boats. I would fit right in because that's the kind of thing that I would just like be dancing on, but like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so after that, one of the I think it was a uh, Kirchman that says she writes for for some way Leah Kirchman. He said, "What about a regulation that says that you cannot have this type of bridges and train crosses five kilometers <laughs> from the <laughs> finish <Probably>. line?" <laughs> she was in the breakaway with Chantal Black and two others, and yeah, they were going until they got to the until they didn't bridge. go so, anymore. <laughs> that was the the it was the last stage was pretty cool because the GC was very close between the first uh, five, six places. So it was pretty neat. Marianne Vos won it. Nice. Yeah. That's... Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so that, that's, that, those were the, the things. If you want to watch it, the whole thing is available in YouTube because they actually had live TV. See, and my idea that having a drop that says Marianne Vos won it stands. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like two out of two. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see how, how long the, uh, the streak continues. Um, I, actually, before we go and talk about the Vuelta España, I want to find out something very important. Mike, how many stages did you watch? We recommended that you watch stage three. That was on our list. Did you watch stage three? When was that? Uh, earlier, earlier today. No. How do you... Oh, Mike. How do you, you say zero in Spanish? How do you say zero in Spanish? Cero. <laughs> oh, Mike. Cero, coma cero. You well, can also say nada. Or nada, yeah. Uh, let me tell you about it, Mike. Uh, the first two stages were absolute dum-dum, stupid. Whatever. I mean, the second one had some crosswinds, but uh, whatever. Who gives a shit? And uh, and then the one today was actually really good, but not until the very, very, very end. Up until then, it was just kind of silly. Um, I'm going to say probably the most important thing that I saw and the thing that I like most about the Vuelta so far is the red stitching on the quick step shorts for Yves Lampert. I don't know if you guys saw that. He's wearing the red jersey and it's just the regular quick step shorts, but they just have the red stitching. It looks so, so so nice, really classy. I loved it. I think that's the best thing about the Vuelta right now because Chavez is looking amazing. He kept up with Froome's attack, but Froome and Sky just killed the Vuelta. I just wish they wouldn't have come because now they're not going to let go of the friggin' jersey. That's it. He already won the, it's the, done. the, the race. It's, it's done and it's the three stages. It's over. Nah, I don't know, man. I, I don't be so pessimistic. Come on. I, I just wish that Sky wouldn't come to races, man. Like, I don't have anything Sky against them. Sky or Sky with Chris Froome? Um, yeah, Sky with Chris Froome. And I don't, I don't mind Chris Froome. I, 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 don't, I don't have anything against the dude. But they dominate races so much that it just makes... The race is boring because they kill the race five, six stages in. It's just, I don't know. It's just, they destroy races. And... When they went to the front and started pushing it, did you play Pantera's Domination? 
<laughs> However, I don't know. Any so any thoughts on on that on from uh, ruining races? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he looks that solid and the team. Did you see how they decided to explode at the base of the last climb today? That for me was like, way first time that I've seen Sky burning like three matches at the same time. Yeah, at the very beginning. At the no, very beginning, the that was like, woo. Which made, it made for an awesome stage because they basically lit it up, yeah. which is awesome. Perfect. But that, certainly that I means like that room is very confident. But then, but then, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's good on, on one end because... If, if it's just one stage that I'm looking at, if it's just this one stage, then it's awesome because he was a great... I mean, and, and, and Froome's attack was just phenomenal. And, again, the fact that Chavez was the only one that was able to, like, keep up with them, I, it's, I mean, a guy who's coming back from injury and um, and had basically a lackluster Tour de France, I, I just awesome. I just... I really like it. Did you guys Can also see that- how the Puma neutralized the descent? Before the last plan. By almost crashing? <laughs> no, but that wasn't his, completely his fault. I mean, it was like shared with the I stupid know, motorcycle. I think yeah. the people from Sky would be like, Atapuma, please get back. I know what you're trying to do, but you're going to kill us all. <laughs> like, it's not. So that's what I'm saying. It was like a neutralized descent. So everyone's okay. We want to chill out. And then, yeah, after that near miss with the motorcycle, he actually like gave more space between him and the motorcycle. So he like reduced the speed considerable, considerably. So yeah, there you go. He neutralized the attack from the good descenders. I'm sure our friend, the Colombian broadcaster, who's actually Mexican Goga, who we said before, gets very nervous during descents and broadcast was very happy. It's like, finally, someone sensible. This is too fast. Go slow. <laughs> hey, um... Can we call Esteban Chavez a friend of the podcast since Klaus, you know him? Sure. No, but regulation says, and you instituted this thing, that the person has to interact somehow with any of the social media presence that you have. That we have either a like or a retweet or something. Chavez hasn't done anything in my social no, media. No, 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 no. Oh, you see that uh, Gracie Elvin actually commented on the post that we Yes, I did, I did. Like, you see, you see that she's... Dude. That's the example of a true friend of the podcast. Like, she and uh, Abby Miki are the two that, you know, like... If we made a t-shirt for, you know, like, friend of the podcast, those two will get one for sure. What if it's a like a friends of the podcast and it's just like kind of like mug shots of every single one of us? It's like a grid in the front, just like just like their promo pictures, not even bikes or anything, just their promo pictures there. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. You know, like that t-shirt, like four like, of them only too. So, <laughs> like that thing that was like the faces of the nine faces of Nairo Quintana, and it was just one photo of him just standing yeah. there, just looking. It'd be it's like that. Like, it'll be all the. It'll be all the. Although Naito finally came up with a 10th face. It's him crying after he found out that Landa signed for Movistar. (laughs) Seriously, come on. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Maybe Um, next year he will move on, Klaus, when his contract expires. Maybe. Maybe. uh, I don't know. Um... 
So what about what about um, Nibali's uh, celebration? What was that? A mohawk? The fiend. No, no, no. no the fiend. fiend. Is a shark. Oh, he's a shark. The shark. Uh, I am so surprised that he had never done that before, or not that I know of, and that I hadn't thought about it. That's totally what I would do. That's awesome. Of course, I would go like at the same time, but... Okay, How so. weird is it that given Aru's teeth, it's not Aru who's the shark? Yeah. <laughs> okay, He's so the, the story of that, you can find it in the video of a group called Proyecto Uno that has a song that is called El Tiburón, which is the shark. So you'll see when they do the choreography, that's exactly what they do when they are singing the part that has the word shark. So I'm pretty sure Nivali saw that video that. and decided, ha, this is it. I totally did not think of that. I was like, he's it's a mohawk or something. I am going to tell you what. I think we should give him a 12-second time bonus for the awesome celebration and then he becomes the leader. He gets to wear the red jersey. I, I, that's, I, I that's support that. I, I will support that. Yeah. I sent I sent a tweet to to the Vuelta, but I, I, they haven't responded yet. They're probably thinking about it. They're considering it before they get back to me. So, dude, how awesome was Chavez? And then, like, you just look down, not even that far back, eighteenth eighteenth place in the in the GC, one minute thirty five. Carlos Betancourt is the next Colombian. Which is awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. And then uh, Superman Lopez, who didn't look very good. Unfortunately, he looked good. But he's he's 25th at only a minute and 57. So that's not bad. I'm... One of the guys from Matsana Postobon was in the in the first kind of bigger group. Yeah. Uh, Yetzabal. No, there was someone ahead of him, actually, too. Oh, really? I'd like I think he was Hernan Aguirre. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, Aguirre. Yes, yes, yes. You're totally right. That was impressive. Because um, I think on paper, I mean, of course, on paper, everything seems easy. But I think the stage, I would not have thought that it would blow up that way. So anyone that was up there, especially if you were ahead of like people like Contador, like that's amazing. Well, yeah. Contador looked like bunghole. He looked like as good as me when I climbed. Okay, yeah, yes, how, of all. How, how yes, thrilled was that the, that oh, I had to hang back to get him? What's that? Peter Stetna was doing the thing oh. where you're sent back to go for someone and you just keep looking back like, oh, come on, come on. Okay. And then you put like a bike's length in. It's like, okay, then I'll just go slower. Okay. Is this still too? Okay. Well, I'll just go slower. Uh, don't tell anybody, but I have to do that sometimes when I ride with my wife. Um, gets a ball. Is 38th in the GC. He's the very first Manzana Postobon guy. Uh, friend of the podcast, Yetzibol, uh at 4.56, 38th. So there you go. Now you know. The important things that we tell you in this podcast that nobody else will. Is any other podcast out there talking about Manzana Postobon? Is there any? No, there isn't. Why? Because we're the best. We're also, the or least professional. Could be a Colombian bias too. I'm just, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Mike, do you, you feel like. <laughs> Do you feel like you've now watched the race with our very vivid um, description of the race? Yeah. Is it, it's like hearing Hemingway write about a bike race in Spain. Right? <laughs> it's just like Hemingway without the bullfighting. Right? What do you think, Mike? No, you know what? I think it's more like Shakespeare than Hemingway because we're actually 
interacting with each other. There's like a, a script kind of thing. I, I think of it more like theater rather than a novel. Oh, speaking of, well, I'll save it for later. I'll, I have a thought. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only been three stages in the Vuelta, and that's really all I had for the Vuelta to say. So if you, unless you guys want to have anything, want to say anything else about the Vuelta, um, Klaus, you did can you, go ahead. Sorry, did you watch the stage yesterday? Uh, just the last maybe 5K. I watched like the last 20 or so, something like that. Okay. Were you surprised that a breakaway didn't go? Didn't go at all. I heard about it afterwards, and yeah, I mean, I was really surprised. But since I didn't see it, I don't From know exactly the how to get out. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I have something I can interject uh, about that. This is not me. I I don't know this. I wouldn't know this. I have no idea about this stuff. When I got Juan Antonio Flecha to do the little drop saying he's doing better than Mike, I said. If I gave you a magic wand or a magic black MX card, whatever it takes, and you could just wave it and fix something in cycling, what would it be? And without skipping a beat, he said, breakaways are no longer allowed to get away. I was like, what do you mean? Like, everyone gets chased down? He goes, no. There are a couple of teams, and I don't want to say who, that will literally block the front row. And will just ride completely like a wall and no one is allowed to go. If you try to go, you will get chased down, but they just block uh, anyone from going. And he's like, it's insane. And it's been happening in the last maybe two years, more and more. I never noticed this. I I never heard anyone talk about it, but he's like, it's ridiculous. And I'm very sensitive to it because that, that was how I could win stages. Um, so interesting that you guys say that I didn't know that about yesterday's stage, but that's the first thing I thought of, which is a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. Well, I I remember, you know, in the eighties and and early nineties, there would be breakaways that would have 12, 15, 17 minutes. And sometimes they still didn't make it, but it's, yeah, it is kind of interesting. I'm Juan Antonio Flecha and I'm doing better than Mike. There you go. I want Antonio Flecha. I'm doing better than Mike, and I wish the breakaway would always get away. Huh? Yeah. It just, but well, you well, know, what? actually, I'm thinking think about it, was... it though. I'm thinking about it. It's probably better for Juan Antonio Flecha if it's just for himself. I mean, for the breakaway not to make it, because when he if he makes it, he may get hit by a car. <laughs> you know, I did love that. Of course, when they did that turn and the wind changed. That it was quick step at the front and that totally took advantage of it. It was so oh, yeah. oddly predictable that it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. just watch what quick step is going to do on a stage like oh, that. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I, I, if it, they flinch, you know why. The differences could and should have been a lot bigger than they were. It was like, you know, thir- like thir- three seconds, seven seconds, 13 seconds between all the groups. But man, that could have been really bad. Really bad. Mike, are you jealous that you didn't see these races? Are you like eager to go see them now? What race is this? <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Mike, you have to pull your weight. You have to contribute. Tell us something. What's your favorite kit this year? What uh, what color bike would you pick from the uh, Peloton? What color, what color bike? I don't know. What what pro <laughs> bike would you, if I get to give you one, what, what would you take? Uh, 
I, I don't know anything about bikes. A ten speed, ten speed. <laughs> I th- I Mike. can see Mike. I can see Mike riding a Lapierre. Wait, didn't you have uh didn't you have a De Rosa, Mike? I still do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do they, okay. they still make those? <laughs> yes. But now they're I'll made out of carbon. Now they're made and they still use the greatest typeface ever on the down tube. Cooper Black, like Tootsie Roll. Outline. <laughs> yes. It's the only it's it's ludicrous. Dude, Mike, your bike is freaking awesome. I love that bike. I've only seen it Me too. a couple of times. Jesus Christ, a million years ago. You only seen it once? Is that what you said? When no, I said I, not. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it too. I thought you said when I was like, I've only seen it once. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, listen, something else that I wanted to talk about is uh, Klaus and. Was was part of a big time project there uh, with a lot of exposure and all that stuff. I will say two things about it. I'm very proud of my little brother for being so involved in such important projects. But also, I'm really disappointed that at no point during this project was the podcast mentioned. So, Klaus, do you wanna do you wanna talk about it a little bit? Oh, I mentioned I got cut out. <laughs> you gotta edit it up. So, or, or do you want me to? Uh, do you want me to introduce and tell the story and kind of what it is, if I, if I may? Sure. Okay. So, um, my brother uh, was a producer, and for a short documentary that Rafa did about Colombian cycling in Colombia. So they went over there. Uh, my brother and you know camera crew and the whole thing, and they traveled all over Colombia, interviewing a bunch of people and getting some really nice shots or whatever. And I'm sure if you go to the Rafa website, then you can just see it there. Um, so yeah, tell us about it. I mean, how? First of all, how? How? Let's start from the beginning. Did you just get an email like, "Hey, Klaus, uh, do you have any experience uh, producing <laughs> documentaries?" Kind of. And I said, yes. Because <laughs> like, I had just one? done another one. Really? What other one? Oh, one, yes. Two months before I had done another one. And I was like, okay, I'll just go again. That's right. That's right. That's right. I thought you were going to say like, yeah, hey, I was I was a drummer in a band. Um, of course. I'm. Uh, no, yeah, I did something about Colombian food and, and cycling, but focusing yeah, yeah, on food, that's right. which isn't out yet, but. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of it. And I just uh, uh, thought of the people I could call upon to do interviews and pieced it all together. So basically, I came up with a schedule who we would talk to about what. And yeah, you. I mean, I kind of burned some matches there. Like there's calls that you're like, I don't really want to make unless it's for something like worth it well i mean i mean lucharera is one for sure yeah that's what i was gonna say i mean getting lucharera to be on camera and being interviewed is a huge deal this is the guy from the 80s in case people don't know the most important colombian cyclist up until this generation who won the 1987 um well also won uh the dauphine didn't he i don't know stages yeah he did he he won the alto s stage uh it was a one-two Colombian one too that year is nineteen eighty five. Well, first anyway. Colombian to have the polka dot jersey. First Colombian to win a Grand Tour, etc. First Colombian to win a stage at the Tour. Yeah, no, he he's insanely reserved, insanely shy. Very bright. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly what you would think. And honestly, if he had been any other way, it would kind of blow my image of him. Because I think it's, I don't know, it's sort of fitting. Yeah, it's yeah. What you'd expect. So, so yeah. how does this work? You get a card from Herrera that says, this card is only valid for one phone for call one and just one phone call. That's it. You Once you use it, I'll take it from you. I disappear from the air. Hello, hello. Okay, we're, we're having technical difficulties. But we were talking about Bonnie Tyler while we were trying to fix the... Which one is her biggest hate? Is it... Is it... I thought it was totally close to the, the heart. Or is it the... I need a hero! <laughs> Because I think that is Bonnie Tyler as well, but I don't know. I was like five when that song came out. I was actually more like ten. But anyway. Isn't that Klaus, Cindy we Lauper? About... Anyway. No! Dude, okay, Cindy Lauper is Shebop and... Uh... Okay, did I ever tell the story on the podcast just about... just want to have fun. One of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me on a bicycle. So when I was riding, when I lived in New York, I was just you know, doing my regular ride or whatever. And it was kind of cold, so I had my jacket on. And it's actually a really cool jacket. I don't, I don't remember what brand. It, I think it's a Giordana. But anyway, it has a pocket, like, like right over your heart, you know. So it fits the phone perfect, and it's really close to your ear, so it's the perfect pocket to put your phone and play music while you're riding. So I'm, like, riding whatever, and... Um, these two girls are coming towards me and stuff, and they're looking kind of good, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, what's up, ladies? Yeah. And then they start laughing, and as they go by, they're laughing. And I'm like, what the hell are they laughing at? And then I realized, out of my phone, because I had it on shuffle, uh, True Colors by Cindy Lauper. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, I can beat that one. I can beat that story, though. Yesterday. Oh, my God. Arguably, one of the most manly things you can do is cut wood on a table saw, right? I mean, maybe working on a V8 Hemi engine or something like that. Or Cutting wood with an axe. With an axe, that, that's, you know, but we're talking like a lot of, it's a lot, it's a lot of uh, manly things though, like driving around a Camaro, like the T-top, the a T-top, like driving around a T-top with a sleeveless shirt or a sleeved shirt with your pack of camel rolled up in the sleeve. No, you know, no, no, like no shirt, no shirt. Otherwise, or you no get shirt, point yeah. deducted, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm using my table saw like, ah, like all manly. I'm like, yeah, I'm cutting wood. Yeah, manly stuff, power tools. <laughs> and then my wife walks in. I don't know if she was going to tell me something. And she was like, uh, why are you listening to ABBA? <laughs> <laughs> to to balance out testosterone, you know what I mean. So yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Which reminds anyway, Klaus, me, we, put on the okay, anti kickback, uh, Paul, on your table saw. The oh the 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 grip of death. No, the anti kickback. The anti kick. Yeah, there's a Paul you have to put on. My dear wife showed me a video of you using your table saw without the anti kickback thing. Oh, the, anti- the the two little things on either side. They have it's the a teeth. clear thing. Oh, the clear guard? Oh, <sighs> I'm never going to use a guard in a, in a table saw ever. No way. That's just silly. That's not, and, and that has nothing to do with a kickback. That has to do with you putting your hand on the blade, basically. The no, 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 no. It's anti-kickback. No, I'm telling you, bro. I think what you're talking about is there's these two black things behind the blade that are attached to the, um, uh, what's the name of the little shark's fin, the um, 
whatever it's called. And as the as the piece of wood goes by, the teeth kind of hang on to um, to the to the piece of wood. So in case there's kickback, the teeth basically hold the the, the right. wood. Right. I thought and, they were one and the same. Well, in some in some they come as one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in mine they're separate. Okay. So I don't use the the plastic guard. I just use the yeah. Yeah, no. Mike, no, no, how no. do you how do you like this conversation? Uh, Mike, how do you how do you, you use thrilled? the anti kickback? Uh... <laughs> 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 what kind of table saw do you have, Mike? You seem to me like a Bosch kind of guy. I think you go I don't for the have... expensive ones. I don't have a cable saw. The only thing I have is I have this weird nut from a Porter cable saw, and I don't know what to do with it. Ah! <laughs> Throw it out! Wow, Mike, that's 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 really good. Uh... Callback. <laughs> you like yes. that? Wow, that is very good. That's what I love about Mike. Uh, doesn't really talk much, but he's funny to not funny ratio. Is a good, is a solid 75, 80%. Whereas mine Rings. is probably 10% at best. So, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Well, Klaus, speaking of table saws, have you seen the uh, saw stop, obviously? The, no. the table saw that stops. Oh, really? Look it up on YouTube. It's incredible. I mean, they're expensive as hell, but... If you the moment that you touch the blade, the blade automatically stops and hides to the point where you can. I mean, they've done it where the owner actually puts his finger right on the blade, or you can do a hot dog and just put the hot dog and it just like in a split second. And I heard uh, of a guy at the place that I was going to school at for for woodworking that a, a guy did it. It hit his finger and he didn't want to look. He was convinced that his finger had gotten cut off, and he was like, "You look, I can't look. You look." And they were like. Uh, Dude, you have a nick. They were like, no, no, my God, I don't have a finger anymore. It was a nick. So It's kind of, you see, in the world of cycling, it would be like those videos promoting tubeless tires that show you going over 1,800 uh, nails and still no flat tire. <laughs> oh my it's just God. like that. Uh, it, the part that I was talking about that I forgot how it's called, it's called... Uh, 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 riving knife or they call it splitter as well and the anti-kick is the anti-kick paw and the kickback i mean anti-kick but I, I i'm i'm smart when i use my table so believe me i'm very very smart and i'm so smart actually that if i ever chop my finger off i make sure that i i'm filming it and i put it on, on facebook i mean not on facebook on youtube so i can make some money um okay klaus we were talking about the, the documentary so how long were you down there in colombia like traveling around and, and maybe 10 days or something like that wow wow that's amazing and if if people have seen it or haven't seen i mean spoilers spoiler alert um they interview um esteban chavez's parents in bogota and esteban chavez's mom starts crying and dude it is so tell us the story uh, that you just told us about about when oh yeah i mean if anyone has seen it Esteban's mom, I mean, it's a shortened version of, of really the story she was telling, but it's very emotional for her as a mom to see that her son at a stage of the Vuelta España, you know, the guy that won the stage, collapsed and just started uh, vomiting on himself. Uh, oh, what's his name? The Swiss, Matthias Frank. 
just started like puking on himself or whatever. And then, of course, she's wondering if this is the guy that felt good enough to win, then Esteban is going to be just in pieces. And sure enough, he crosses the line and Esteban just collapsed. And she was there and she said, as a mother, all you want to do is hold him and make him feel better. But in the back of her mind, she's like, how on earth did we get here? Like, yeah, how did this happen? You know, this how all are we happened. All? Yeah, now like we're here at the Vuelta and like, I don't know if I should have let my son be a cyclist. And she's just talking about the pain, you know, that she's endured. And certainly when Esteban had the really bad injury with Team Colombia and just how hard that is as a mother. And as she started to tell more and more details of these, you know, things that she's endured being the mother of a professional and how, how difficult some of it has been, she's just crying. And then she just stops talking and everyone in the room is just crying crying and only three people in the room even spoke spanish all the people that <laughs> spoke english and had no idea what she had been saying were just crying and trying to keep it quiet so that the boom mic wouldn't pick it up so everyone just all of a sudden like there was like <gasps> like when you're a kid and you're trying to catch your breath it was like that because people were trying to keep in it so okay another important question um the boom mic that you're referring to it, was yep. it like big fuzzy and hamstery like the boom mic and the hard and heavy video when they interviewed Motorhead in their tour bus? And For then, outdoor nanny? shots, yes. And oh, Colombian uh, sound guys uh, call it uh, El Gato because <laughs> it looks el, like El Gato. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's hey, a Mike likes talk. cats. Mike likes cats. Um so, um, wait, I had another question and what was it? Oh, yeah, I mean, one of the things that you put together, which is unbelievable, and I think that uh, if you don't know Colombian cycling, you probably don't understand this, but I hope that you would and just kind of try to put it, on, uh, you know, within your context. You got to, uh, a dinner together. There's a bunch of dudes sitting around in a table, and it's basically the who is who of 1980s and early 90s Colombian cycling. I mean, this would be like getting, uh, I mean, a lot of these people have kind of, quote unquote, disappeared uh, from the scene. It's not like they're commentators or anything like that. But I mean, I don't know. It would be like getting, I can't, I can't think of any, anything else. I mean, I think in terms of the United States, it wouldn't maybe shy of like Greg LeMond, but it would be like getting like. Andy Hampson, all the early people from the 7-Eleven teams. Uh, Bob Roll. Bob Roll, down to some of the Motorola guys. Uh, Raul Alcala. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was it's a big deal, and it just doesn't happen very often. And seeing these guys all sitting around and just, you know, uh, chewing the proverbial shit or whatever they say, I, I thought it was ridiculous. That almost made me cry. I mean, those are all my idols from when I was a little kid. It's just unbelievable. Imagine if somebody puts together the English team. Uh, this is perfect. The England team from the 1986... Mexico World Cup, right? Peter Shilton. Peter and, Shilton. Uh, yeah, and uh, what's his name? Uh, the the guy that won the scoring champion uh, thing, the scoring uh, prize. Uh, shoot. Well, yeah. Imagine that. Imagine like, that. It's kind of something like that. It's 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 just amazing, just unbelievable. So, um, how did that happen? And how long were they there? We were there for three hours, uh, talking. Cameras rolled for the. Wow. A full three hours, which is amazing. Um, 
so there's a lot of footage. But uh, yeah, I just started calling different people, and then uh, Pacho Rodriguez was really uh, instrumental in making sure everyone got there on time and everyone knew what was happening, and he actually reached out to a couple of people that I was unable to get a hold of, like Patrocinio. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and yeah, it was it was amazing to be a fly on the wall and just hear them talk just like friends. There were some things that were said that I think they probably wouldn't want to get out. Nothing really juicy for listeners of the podcast. Really minutia about uh, Colombian Federation, like you know, whatever. But um, nothing too interesting to most people. But it was it was pretty amazing and it was awesome because some of them hadn't seen each other in a really long time. And yeah, they're yeah, getting I mean, the band back together. Yeah, and they just you know they tease each other relentlessly and. It's amazing the the amount of detail that they remember about each race and how they mess with each other about stuff. God, I would um, love to be there. It was crazy. Pacho told a story about a Clásico Rosena. I just remember this that they were going into a tunnel, and he, he, I forget who it was. He rode up next to someone and unclipped his foot, and I guess he had a metal cleat at the time. You know, there was a cleat along with the strap snuck up on someone and put his cleat on the floor and just sparks flew everywhere. And the guy almost like crashed out of fear and it's something he had done before. So he knew it would work or whatever. It's just all these little like, you know, stupid stories about, um, you know, racing back in the day, but there was certainly a lot of stuff just about how, and actually I think this made it in there, like, especially racing in Europe, they would start stages and not even know how stage, how long the stage was. Like they were really in the dark. Wow. Like, wow. imagine you're at a Grand Tour at Dauphine and you don't even know how long the stage is. And it's just like, all right, well, we'll just go and figure it out. So it's kind of crazy. Um, aside, uh, the, the, the guy who I couldn't think of is Gary Lineker. Not only did he score six goals and got the most scores or most goals that, that specific World Cup, but he also has the record for most goals in world cup history so there you go so imagine that dude and peter shilton chilling that'll be that'll be a a sight to be seen i guess oh you know what hands the eagle is around what's going on buddy you know who else is around valverde (laughs) um wait i think we lost natalia natalia are you there my stories were that thrilling yes i'm here okay you fell asleep and Mike fell asleep before we started. My stories even put computers. Okay, Klaus. So, um, uh, what other question was going to be? Okay, so uh, the the documentary came out, and uh, did Rafa have some sort of uh, premiere or something, like some sort of like uh, red carpet event in London or something for it, where everybody no. wore tuxedos? Nothing. No. <laughs> so they just released it on their website, and that's it. Yeah, there were going to be some events, but then uh, everything ended up not happening. Uh, sadly yeah bummer yeah but so that's good I mean are you happy with the final product yeah I mean I and I think uh, if nothing else um, I do think this is something that even people in Colombia haven't really done to spend that much time and care so um, I think it you know it's a nice little record of I wish Colombian cycling I wish it would get released like an extended version uh, with like other stuff and some behind the scenes with you and the camera guy, like there might be like, a couple other. of other 
things that see the light of day. Oh. That's all I'll say. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so. thanks, dude. I, I, I watched it and it was amazing. It was very touching and, and cool in general. I mean, I try to put myself in the shoes of somebody who is not Colombian, who doesn't have that sentimental attachment to the to 80s cycling in Colombia and still pretty pretty interesting, I think, right, Natalia? You mean like, I mean, like you Ben Lieberson? <laughs> I'm going to leave that one right there, but yes. Exactly. That, that guy sounded a little bit too weird for my taste. You know, I, it wasn't weird for you to watch this guy put in the Colombian flag beeps and the one, the, the jersey also that had the Colombian colors put that thing on and pretend that he was completely into this Colombian vibe. I don't know. I felt like I'm not buying this, you know, <laughs> he was like dressing for that. I don't know. I mean, I, I get it that you are trying to like be excited and stuff, but uh, somehow I don't know if because I'm biased, I would rather have a Colombian do that. I don't know. I no, know. I think that, I think, listen, my Still biggest here. issue was his voice just doesn't sound nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, shit, I mean, not that mine does, Jesus Christ, my, my voice is enough to, like, kill plants. But, um, he's, he, he doesn't have a smooth voice, it's not very deep, it's not very, and I don't mean deep as in, like, low, but I mean deep as in, um, like a Morgan Friedman kind of thing. You oh know? my gosh. Can you imagine Morgan Morgan Freeman narrating? The what about the guy from Movie Phone? <laughs> Thank you what? for calling, calling Movie Phone. phone. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea is that it, it was through his eyes, um, you know, and kind of. No, I, 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 listen. Yeah. I understand, and it's it's a it's a choice they decided to go that way. It's 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 fine. I understand why. I just. It's just it's it's just weird. It was it was it was weird. It doesn't seem to fit the rest of the mood and the rest of the tone of the whole thing. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into like. I want Lucho Herrera putting on the beeves and the jersey. Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't think he fits into those jerseys. <laughs> so and this coincides. This whole thing coincided with Rafa launching the Colombia line or whatever, which I find something interesting. There's a red jersey that they that they put out with with 87 on it. That 87 is the year that Luis Herrera won the, the Vuelta. But back then, the Vuelta jersey was yellow. Yet the jersey that they're putting now to commemorate the 1987 Vuelta is red. I don't know yeah, you're right. I about that. But those bib shorts are nice, though. The, the How do you say tirantas? Um straps like the, the straps like, yeah. like in the back straps, yeah the oh my straps. god so nice the yeah, suspenders, suspenders thank you. like whatever you know <laughs> that thing in the back that goes up from your butt like to the to your neck or whatever whatever it's beautiful it has like the the flagging and stuff is it's just really really nice i i'm, I'm i mean i i look it just looks super sharp all the stuff looks super sharp, except for the price but other than that everything looks really really Oh man, you should have seen the poor Colombian Twitterati when they found out, they saw the pictures of the jerseys and the caps and everything, and they were, oh, that's so nice. And then they were they went and check it out because I kind of retweeted the, the thing from Rafa. And then <laughs> five minutes after that, then I'm getting these questions. Wait, are those prices in dollars? <laughs> And they were like, wow, 
And one guy said, you know, I think I can buy the whole Rigo store and the whole Edwin Avila store with the, the price, price you know, like with the, the, the price tag of one of the jerseys or something like that. They were just making fun of that. It's like, juice. Edwin Avila has a store? Yeah. yeah. Whoa, I didn't know. I have to yep. look that up. I think at some point he was selling the Team Colombia oh. jerseys or something that he had. It's $220 for the red jersey and then 180 for the white jersey. 180 is not really completely bad. But like like you said, Natalia, I mean, in Colombia, that's just ridiculous. And like you also said, Natalia, I'm sure right now you can go to any cycling store in Colombia and you can find the exact same thing for a third of the price, except it just doesn't say Rafa. <laughs> exactly. Like by Suarez. They're just gonna. Like... Oh yeah, he <laughs> he's selling like uh, Team Colombia water bottles. Ah. No, Edwin Avila. Edwin Avila. A thermal jacket. Hmm. I didn't know he had this. He sells jewelry. Okay, I hope that uh, even though we didn't really talk about La Vuelta too much, I hope people understand. There's three stages into it what the heck are we gonna do we did talk about wild goose chases and uh quite a but bit about i think it. we covered all the all the important highlights of la yeah, vuelta I mean, no? yeah. the quick step sneak attack that there was no breakaway on that stage the quick step red stitching and today the neutralized descent by el puma and then the sky blowing it up in the last hill and then oh did we say that Nivali won it after everyone thought that yeah. he was done. Yeah, because of the salute. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we say that the shark salute yeah. and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's right. that's all you need to know. What else yeah, can we talk about? nothing else to talk about. Uh, did you guys think that Chavez is the real deal this this race? Or do you think that he this is just a proverbial flash in the pan? No, it's too early yeah. to tell. We'll see. That guy is feisty, though. So with Chavez, you never know. I know it's too early to tell, which is why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking you. Too early to tell, of course. That's why I'm asking. Chavez what? is feisty. I have faith in him. I have faith in him, too. But I don't know what that'll mean in the context of, of Vuelta and this Vuelta in particular. Like, I don't know what that will amount to. But, um, yeah, I think he's he's good. I wish he would have been on the Orica backstage pass today so that I would know what mood he was in. At the end of the stage, but he wasn't. No, no, but, but yeah. Okay, well, if anybody has uh, part, what is this thing? Uh, 6845931091 for a 1986 Porter Cable Saw 315-1, then shoot me an email and I'll give you my address. You can send it to me. All right? I appreciate it. Mike, don't throw it out. <laughs> I was... Check the Edwin Avila store. They have it. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Edwin Avila store URL uh, so that people can go and visit? EdwinAvila.com.co. And there you go. Get your Columbia team models. Yeah, I mean, you'll see it there. Yeah, EdwinAvila.com.co. And buy your nuts and jerseys. Yeah, and you know that what that means. It's Frank Sinatra telling us there's enough of this eclipse. We're out of here. Peace. Oh.
欲しがるくれくれたこら I, we forgot to talk about Sammy Sanchez. <laughs>